With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We don't know if the Steelers and Ravens are going to get done or not, but now we do know that they're going to try to do it on Tuesday as the musical chairs continues from Thursday to Sunday to Tuesday. It really sounds like me and the chores that I have to do or laundry being like, I'm not going to do it Thursday. I'll just do it on Sunday. Like, yeah. you know what? I can stretch this another 48 hours. I don't need to do another wash just yet. But that's where we are in week 12 with two teams who have a vested interest in looking ahead to the playoffs. But the Steelers and Ravens still on for week 12, but now a Tuesday edition. Yeah, and they've tried to avoid at all costs because the only other option would be to either they forfeit the game, which I'm not a fan of, or you extend it out and have a week 18. The NFL absolutely is doing whatever they can to not have that 18th week. And so this felt like it was, we're going to shoot for this, 
Hopefully this happens. It does affect, obviously, Thursday. They were set to play on Thursday next week, so now that's gone. Um, And so now they're just going to play on Tuesday. It's not perfect. It's not ideal, but it's the best that you can do under the circumstances. I'm just curious what this roster is going to look like for Baltimore that shows up on Tuesday. I mean, I'm assuming Lamar Jackson still will not be cleared, correct? Yeah, that that would be my assumption because it wasn't a close contact situation. It's he actually tested positive so if it's if if you're only in close contact you can have the five days which uh we found out yesterday that lamar uh tested positive but if it was a close contact it would be thursday friday saturday sunday they'd be on the borderline of tuesday of playing but but he's yeah he would be out he would not be able to play in week 12 what let me ask you this what do you think baltimore's if baltimore had a choice if it was their choice and they could dictate terms here what do you think they would have hoped for? Week 18. I exactly. I don't think – this is still, I think, a major disadvantage for the Baltimore Ravens because everything's been thrown out of whack. Uh, the Steelers can, can, can say whatever they want about, well, we got screwed out of a buy. Okay, I understand. I get all that. But would you rather have that or, or would you rather uh, have the backup to Ben Roethlisberger playing? We saw what that looked like last year, and it didn't look all that hot. So I Baltimore – this is still, as much as it's, all right, well, they're not going to have to play Thursday, and they're not going to be forced to play Sunday, so at least we're giving them an extra two days. You're still not going to have your starting quarterback, and you're still going to be playing a team that's undefeated on the season. And Baltimore, all of a sudden, Dan, they're fighting for a playoff spot. All of a sudden, Baltimore's got a lot of traffic around them as far as trying to make a postseason, so this still feels like a major disadvantage. Well, and for and for me, that's the issue that I have with it, and, and I side with the Steelers, and the Steelers recently had their own COVID issues. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, if you remember, was placed on the reserve COVID list because of possible exposure, but was uh, allowed to play after he cleared the protocol that, that was needed a, just a week or two ago. But I think that the NFL is so concerned about the middle teams, the teams that are that would have maybe made the playoffs, when I actually think they need to be concerned about their best teams and the top teams. And that's why I side with the Steelers on this, because the Steelers, while they did have their own COVID situation, as I mentioned a week or two ago, it was their matchup against the Titans the, earlier in the season that forced them to have a week four bye. They now have to adjust with this Ravens game. If there's a week 18, it likely then takes away the bye week between the Super Bowl and the conference championship games. But then it also triggers the eight game or the eight team playoff that you could have in the National Football League. So even if they got a bye, Jonas, originally, you could have eight teams in the AFC. And now the Steelers now have to play another game, an extra game that they wouldn't have had to if they ended up having the best record in the in the conference. And that's why I look at them as the NFL is and the other leagues have done this as well with the NBA expanding with their play in games and Major League Baseball expanding the playoffs. They're so worried about teams not necessarily being uh, being left out when maybe they could have gotten in when I think it takes their top teams and puts them at a much bigger disadvantage and a much more difficult road uh, to to handle. If I'm the NFL, I'm more worried about what happens with teams like the Steelers and teams like the Chiefs atop the conference than the ones that may or may not make the playoffs. So you feel like the the Steelers got a little bit jobbed here? Yeah, I think that they. I I do like. It, listen, the other factor of this is there was a coach that didn't follow protocol. 
That, 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 that's the reports that was not following protocol. The NFL can only do so much. They can only tell teams this is what you need to do, this is what you need to follow. But if it was a blatant error in not following rules like we had seen at times this season, there's got to be some penalty. I mean, giving fines to the Raiders is whatever. But if you really want to lay down the law and be like, listen, yeah, we're all in this together, but if you're not going to follow what we're going to do, we're going to make you pay and make you pay for not following those protocols. Yeah. And, and you got to lay down the law at some point. And I just don't think that the NFL, they love to have the threat of it, but I'm not sure they're willing to do that. And I think that's a shame. Yeah. And you're not alone. There's a lot of people who feel that the Steelers got jobbed. Steelers players have been vocal about it. They feel like they've got jobbed. So, so here's what you do. If you're Roger Goodell, um, you call a Zoom meeting. I don't even know if there's enough windows to have everybody from the Steelers on the Zoom meeting. You call a Zoom meeting and you say, we understand that you guys feel like you got screwed over, like you got the shaft. And they're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then if I'm Roger Goodell, I just put on the film of Super Bowl 40 against the Seahawks. And I say, <laughs> I think we're good here, guys. Yeah, I, think I, we're, I think we're going to call this one square. Okay. Uh, we're all me, good. I can't believe that I'm actually sticking up for the Steelers. Yeah. In this, in this <laughs> I was going to say, it, I mean, it that, that traumatized you, Dan. I was going to say that in Detroit, that traumatized you. You were a Seahawks fan and they got the shaft from the Steelers. So look, it took a little while, but it, you know, in pro wrestling, they call them receipts when somebody actually hit you a little harder than you were anticipating, it may take a couple of months until you have a rematch, and then they're going to get their receipt. And and this is the NFL giving the Steelers their receipt. Sorry. Listen, to tell you. Jonas, I think I speak for all people who have Steelers defense on their fantasy teams that this game needs to be played in Week 12 with all Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I think I can speak I mean, for yes. all of us that we don't want to wait till Week 18 and miss this golden opportunity as we head towards the playoffs in our, in our fantasy situations, which, by the way, like we joke about, but there is, I, I will say this about the NFL season. The great thing about this NFL season has been that despite this pandemic and everything that has gone wrong, the NFL has delivered us a product that while maybe not completely normal has been the most normal thing that we've had since March. We yeah, can count 100%. on a slate of games on 100%. Sunday. But also with that has been the normalcy of fantasy football. And so now you're in a point where it's week 12 and playoffs may start in some leagues in week 14 and may in others week 15, but you're coming down the home stretch. So like I joke about it, but there are teams that have Lamar Jackson. There are teams that have James Conner and yep. there are te- like, like we are all in that situation and this plays into it. And now you've got a game on Tuesday, not to make this a fantasy football sort of conversation. No, but th- this, all this t- fantasy yeah. football is gambling. And for people that want to dismiss fantasy football and say, Oh, it's for dorks. Okay. It's gambling. Gambling for dorks? Because guess what? The NFL can't wait to partner up with gambling sites. Just pay attention. Open your eyes. There's opportunities, man. My, my favorite was, and, and it's changed now, but the NFL on their site for a few years had it, it, it had the NFL logo on their on their website, and then it had news, and then it had fantasy next to it. 
Yes. Like that was like the second biggest thing. Like it, yes. it beat scores and standings yeah. for a while. They've rearranged it and made their own. But, but to, to your to the point, point, it's yeah. it's important, man. This stuff matters. This game being moved, it doesn't just impact Ravens Steelers. It doesn't impact Ravens fan or Steelers fan. Look, if this if these were games that you actually were going to have full stadiums for, you do feel bad for the fans who can't go to that Tuesday game, who were planning to go uh, on on Thursday night, who were planning to go on Sunday when it got moved. Now. Now maybe they can't go. But, Dan, to your point, fantasy players, gamblers, uh, other AFC teams around the league, Baltimore's now going to have a short week the next week around, and who knows uh, if Lamar Jackson's going to be ready for that game. So, yes, there's a lot of people impacted by this. It's a big deal. I'll just uh, the, the simple fact of if the Ravens had followed the protocols that they were supposed to, then, or at least even that one guy, and I know if it's a strength coach or like, like there's got to be something like the NFL, you know, has to at least hand something down. And I've heard a lot of, well, then, you know, neither team will get paid if they end up having like a forfeit game or, or however it's managed. I, that all union stuff can work itself out. It's just that the NFL puts this stuff out there. They, they put out these protocols for teams to follow. And now if you're Pittsburgh, having the inside track, and it's not a foregone conclusion that they would get the number one seed, but they seemingly are losing their advantages because of the negligence of, of someone else on another team. And if the NFL is going to, you know, Stick to their guns. They got to do something about it. And that's why I don't think they can let this slide if they can't play Tuesday. I just I don't think there should be any forfeits. And 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 this that's going to be really tough to prove that somebody was really reckless about this whole thing. If he went out and, you know, pumped gas or, you know, got something to eat and didn't wash his hands afterwards and then brought it back in. You know, I just don't know how you how you get so punitive with it. Now, if there's video of this guy walking around licking doorknobs, then okay, yeah, then then they, he needs to be punished. I just don't know that you punish the, the Ravens as an entire team, and then also because this was something that that was pointed out earlier um, by Vince, our producer, before the show. Look, man, both teams are going to be uh, they're going to lose money. I think both teams have to forfeit paychecks if games get if, if games get forfeited. I I just don't think that's the solution, and I don't know how, unless you've got absolute proof or evidence that this guy was being reckless, that you go ahead and, and, and lay the hammer down. I didn't even like the fines that the Raiders got. I, th- I thought that was way too much, $1.3 million or whatever it was. Well, you know, we talk, we talk about the things that the Steelers could lose. What about the things that the Ravens could gain by this? I mean, who's, guess who the eighth team right now in the AFC is? The Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so when you want to talk about expanding playoffs and making it easier, like here the Ravens are the team that are, are, it was like the joke that was going around the Big Ten where Indiana should forfeit their game against Ohio State, say that they have COVID, and then hope that the Buckeyes lose, an, you know, another game, <laughs> and then they're ineligible for the Big Ten title that's game. Great. Like, you know, yeah. just, you know, like, like that's the sort of thing the Ravens are like, all right, well, if we say we have COVID, we won't lose to the Steelers. Not only that, we will end up expanding the playoffs which will allow us to get in like the Ravens are going to benefit from their own uh misdoings and I don't think that that is that is ideal and I don't think that's how things should go in the National Football League be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app it's the Kia summer sticker sales event so give your friends something to look at like a B&B with an ocean view 
an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcast. Joining us now, former NFL scout and host of the Three and Out podcast, John Middlecoff joins us. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, John. How are you? You too, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Hang it it in there. Eyes uh, everywhere. Where do you fall on on who's getting the short end of the stick in this Raven-Steelers situation uh, going on in the NFL as the game's now been moved to Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think anyone gets screwed in these situations all season long. It, It is what it is. It's the situation that the league entered into when they decided to play, which was 100% the right move. It was always going to be an up-and-down situation as guys got corona. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, I'm in Northern California, think the Niners got screwed, you know, a month ago or whatever. I, I, I just don't look at it like that. The rules are the rules. The protocols are the protocols. Uh, the league is doing everything to get these games played and get everyone paid. Uh, I mean, this league, this year was all about getting keeping the money flowing. And when you have a business as big as the NFL, you can't just press pause. you got to get these games going one way or another. You know, we've seen the Patriots. Remember that game got pushed back when Cam was out. We saw another game on a Tuesday. It's just, it's happened before and it might happen again. It just, to me, I look at it, it just is what it is. John, from a scout standpoint, somebody who's covered the league and, and who knows this stuff better than you know most people that talk about this, what are you seeing from Lamar Jackson? Have you seen any growth from a passing standpoint? The offense does look like it's taken a step back, or maybe people have just caught up to it. But what are you seeing from what you watch from a trained eye when it comes to Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I guess to piggyback off what I just said, if the game would have been played last night or even Sunday and Lamar couldn't have played, even with him struggling, that would have been a major advantage to Steelers, right? Just that in a vacuum. So if Lamar can still go, uh, I'll say it's an advantage Ravens. Not that they're going to win that game. I'd still pick the Steelers, but they just get their starting quarterback. I, I think from an individual perspective with Lamar, I just don't think he's a great thrower of the football outside the numbers. And part of it is just his offense – is so predicated on running the football. And I I think a lot of times when you see Mahomes or yesterday with Deshaun Watson or even other running quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, there's an ebb and flow to their offense as passing quarterbacks. And I think Lamar, he has moments like last week against the Texans. He made a couple beautiful throws to Mark Andrews. But it's just so few and far between because they don't ask him to throw 40 times a game. Uh, Their entire offense is predicated on the run game. And I think most quarterbacks – Hell, I'd say every good quarterback in the NFL beside Lamar, we look at them as passing quarterbacks, even Kyler. Now, he has good running stats, and he's a dynamic runner, but a lot of his big plays are coming to DeAndre Hopkins as a passer. And uh, I I think the problem is when when it comes to Lamar and defending Lamar, if you can slow down the run, even if you don't slow down the run, uh, if you can put him in third and longs, it's, it's advantage you. And that's just not true with, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, you know, other MVP, Russell Wilson, MVP-level players. Like, third, I look at third and eight with Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers like I do first and ten. You know, I, I'm shocked when you get off the field. So, with Lamar, you know, if it's third and long, I just I expect them to punt. John Middlecoff joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. And the NFL made it official. They are moving Steelers-Ravens to Tuesday, which also forces them to move the Ravens game against the Cowboys in Week 13 to Monday. David Gascon will have more on that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, so we got of, a Monday. We got a Monday doubleheader now. Yeah, in Week 13. Yeah, that'll be the uh, that'll be the case for uh, for Ravens and Cowboys in a game. By the way, that you will see on Fox. Um, to a situation with the Dolphins' thumb injury, officially officially 
questionable against the Jets. But where where are you on, on Tua and the Dolphins and where the Dolphins currently sit in the playoff picture in the AFC? Where should Brian Flores go with his quarterback position the rest of the season? Yeah, I'd say it's never a good thing when you get benched in your fourth start. You know, when you're playing for a team that has a chance to make the playoffs – uh, and when you're being compared to two other guys in your draft, I mean, Burrow, before he hurt his knee, I think we all agreed like he, he looked like a, a surefire superstar if they could ever figure out how to get talent around him. And Herbert is, I think I, I read the other day, he's on pace to have the greatest rookie season in NFL history. Now, I mean, in fairness, it's the stats are really inflated in football like they are in many sports, you know, in certain categories. But still, I mean, his eye test, Herbert is fantastic. Tua goes outdoors against Nick Fangio, and it was just, let's call it what it is, getting punked. I mean, he was getting destroyed. They, they, they couldn't move the football. Uh, you know, forever, I remember the stat was whenever the Dolphins went to cold weather, it was a problem for them. And I'd say with Tua, when you go into a situation like he's played in the South, you know, the majority of his life from Hawaii, and then he goes to Miami – and then he goes to Denver in a cold element. It wasn't that cold, but it, it definitely wasn't Miami. That, to me, would be a little concerning. Uh, and, and just that they they were that willing to yank him. You know, who, Herbert, you would never think about yanking Herbert now or yanking Burrow now. So that's just something to keep an eye on. At the end of the day, the Dolphins, you know, invested a lot in the guy. When you take the guy f- fifth overall, uh, and, and every week that the Texans win, that pick is no longer – because you remember a couple weeks ago or a month ago, Schefter was reporting maybe they take a quarterback there if Tua doesn't pass the, you know, the eye test. Well, the, the problem is that Texans – I mean, Deshaun Watson's good enough. They're going to win six, seven games. So that pick is not going to be in the top ten. So you, Tua is going to be your quarterback for the next couple of years, and you just, you're going to have to find you – know, figure out a way to win with them. I, I just – and I looked at it, John, in thinking – how does he grow from that? Like, wouldn't you, I would rather leave him out there, struggle, deal with it, and, and try and figure it out in real time, get thrown into the fire, so to speak, than pull him out and then say, now I want you to watch from the sideline. I just, I've always thought that if, if I'm a quarterback or a young quarterback, these are part of the growing pains, and you had to have expected some of this when you made the switch middle of the season from Fitzpatrick to Tua. I, see, I, I agree, and I don't think they, even when they made the switch, thought that they were going to be as much in the playoff mix as they became over a couple of weeks. Then all of a sudden they find themselves at what? They're, you know, six and three. They're looking around. They're going, you know, the, the Ravens just lost. They knew the Raiders were playing the Chiefs. They go, right. we win this game. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of in the driver's seat for a wild card. And in fairness, I'm with you. Like you learn, I, I think every human in any profession, you learn more about when you struggle than when things are going well. Like that's not even arguable. The problem is he was so terrible that Ryan. I had a couple guys on Dolphins on my fantasy team. When they put in Fitzpatrick, I was so happy. And what did he do? And, like, I don't even know. It had to be in the middle of the third quarter or whatever. I mean, he ended up with, you know, 117 yards. Tua barely got over 80. They just moved the ball. Uh, I, see, I think that game in a vacuum, I know it's only one of – you know, however many starts two is going to get, I guess it might change now with his thumb injury, but six, seven, eight starts. That game is not that big a deal on the big picture, but in a small, just like in a vacuum, it is pretty concerning that that thought would even cross his mind. Like, this guy is this bad. I know for a fact Ryan Fitzpatrick gives us a better chance, to, you know, than 25 minutes left in this game. So I, the, the one thing with Tua, and I think this is the one thing you know right away, like when Kyler got to the league, 
I didn't expect him, you know, even a year later to be as awesome as he is now, but it was clear right away. It's like, okay, big time arm. Okay, he's like Michael Vick fast. Okay, he's really accurate. Like, you could see things right away. With Tua, you're like, well, he's not that big. His arm's not really that great. Like, his physical attributes aren't that great. And that's what really jumps out about Herbert, right? It's like, God, this guy's big. He can run. And, oh, my God, he's got a huge arm. So you just you kind of project. You go, you know, what's this guy going to be like in three or four years? When you project with Tua, it's really just he's going to have to go down. If he's going to be a good player, is you know, probably – one of the more accurate players in the league. And now that what that statement means, it, it used to be, you know, Steve Young, 65%, Drew Brees, 66%. Now it's like the Drew Brees in 2020, it's like 72%, right? So is Tua going to be like a guy throwing 74% completing of his passes? I mean, that's, it's hard to imagine. I, I just – I wonder if the Dolphins, this you know, the last however many games they have left, six or seven, it's going to be – you know, pretty nervous times because you're, all your chips are in the middle of the table on this guy, but if he's not good enough, he's just not good enough, and that's the problem. John, is it similar to the Baker Mayfield situation to where it's clear that physically he doesn't stack up to some of these other quarterbacks that are, that are in the league or even in his division, so you've got to be a little bit crafty. Is it similar to that? I think, I think, I think you're spot on. I think right away – like you've seen this year with Baker, the team's having a lot of success, right? I mean, they're probably – you look at their schedule. I mean, if they could somehow upset the Ravens, who were kind of in shambles, maybe they get to like 11 wins. And if you tell – if I told you at the beginning of the season that the Browns went 11-5, and five, you'd be like, oh, Baker got it back on track. He became a really, really solid NFL quarterback. But you watch him, you go, well, most of these games he's thrown for like 150 to 200 yards. Their backs are incredible. Kevin yeah. Stefanski has become like a really, really good offensive coordinator. They're kind of winning despite Baker, and, and he's been fine, but he's not. I, I, I don't watch him and go, that's a really good quarterback. I watch and go, yeah, most guys could probably do that. Most starters in the NFL could run this team no problem. And, the, and like Tua, you're right, Herbert went next. Well, like Baker, well, Rosen is borderline out of the league, but you look, Josh Allen's become a stud. Lamar won the MVP. Even Sam Darnold, I think we kind of blame the Jets. And there are question marks on him, too. But this offseason, I think teams are going to be lined up, and probably good ones, Niners, Colts, maybe the Steelers, whoever, to get them. If I just said Baker Mayfield's on the open market, like the Colts don't want him, right? The Steelers wouldn't want him. The Niners wouldn't want him. So, And I think the one thing with Baker this offseason, like are the Browns going to pick up his fifth-year option? Because I'd be a little shocked because the fifth-year option for a guy that's drafted number one overall, that's a really, really expensive number. Are the, are the Browns going to pay him $30 million in year five? I, I, even if they, you know, they could win a playoff game and still turn it down. I think that shows you that, you know, a lot of players could probably win with that Browns roster. He's the host of the 3 and Out podcast, former NFL scout John Middlecoff, and that's exactly where you can find him on Twitter. Have a great weekend, John. We appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Have a good Thanksgiving weekend. See you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Jonas, we focus on what's happening with an 0-10 team. No, not the Jets, but oh, the team that the Jets are, are playing in the Miami Dolphins. And Tua Tungavailoa going to be listed as questionable for that game against New York because of his thumb injury. Hmm. Well, I mean, 
clearly, they, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. I mean, they benched him last week. So, I mean, what's what's the problem? I mean, you wanted Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? He gave you a better chance to win. So, I don't, I don't understand. This shouldn't be that big of a deal for you know, the Dolphins. This, this, is, this is something that, I, you know, I think in this day and age, it's one or the other. Like, you cannot sit on the fence for anything. You have to either be this and if you're not this, then you're that. Well, you can sit on the fence. It's just other shows. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... You know. <laughs> that's oh, the, the takes of... I don't know what's going to happen. Coming up next... No, the... <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with the Miami Dolphins, but I have, I have, I actually have no problem with them adjusting on the fly. Now, how they've gone about it, and when when you were talking with John Middlecoff about the situation when we had John on the former NFL scout last hour, like I, it is it is a changing landscape in the National Football League, and if there is one thing that I have learned as a fan of of many teams in many different sports, Jonas, is you have to win it when you're there. And even though you've got to uh, and you've got to figure out a way to uh, set your quarterback position for the future, they're in it right now. And, and you can't waste those opportunities. So for Miami, because of the crazy year, because of the altered schedule, I actually don't mind this bit of musical chairs that they played last week in Denver in the loss with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And for what's ahead, because I do think it's important for that team to, if, if they can make the playoffs, it gives them an opportunity to set their, their future. Not, well, let's decide on Tua, and then if he's not our guy, then we'll end up using a guy or will end up drafting someone else like to me i am all for them moving or having a moving target just for the simple fact of they are in it right now i i'm not i i think it's i'm completely against the decision i thought last week it was puzzling at the time it it doesn't really make much sense why why doesn't it make sense okay why would you pull him from that game when you already made the decision to go to him earlier in the season because you felt like he gave you the better chance to win but in this game he didn't like this is a young guy and a young quarterback he's got to be able to go through that stuff and learn the the best way that you learn is by actually going through it you, you know coming up in radio any people could tell you whatever they wanted about well this is how you do this and this is how you do that but it wasn't until you actually got your hands on it before it really made sense and you had to go through that stuff to it now is has no experience to draw from that game all he knows is if it gets bad enough i'm gonna get pulled i just i think that's a terrible approach that brian flores took i don't I, I don't understand it but this team is in the like they are six and four right now and i don't think that that's where they thought that they would be at the start of the season and when you also have when when, when tua got when tua got the starting job it was a shock to everyone including ryan fitzpatrick right because yes he did not expect that to happen yeah but the dolphins also didn't expect their buy to come when it actually happened in the NFL schedule. It was only changed because of the multiple pieces that had to move because of the Titans-Steelers game, and then this game was moved, and all of a sudden, then this team had a bye. Like, those were the things that were that were moving parts, and then in the midst of all of that, they reel off three straight wins, and now you find yourself in the, play, in the playoff contention in a season that we didn't know with the extra playoff, how many teams would be there. I, I'm... I understand that, you know, two as a player, but you can't be so fragile 
as a player that you're worried about where his mindset is as your team is trying to win the playoffs? How do you tell the other 52 guys that, all right, we ended up making this move back to Fitz, or we didn't make the move to Fitz because we didn't want to hurt Tua's feelings? Like that's I, I, don't, I don't know how that would go over in an NFL locker room. And if that's it with Tua, then you don't have it with Tua. I, I, and, you just I, don't. I, I, I just, I, to, to, the whole point for me is if you want this guy, and first of all, the idea that the Miami Dolphins are a legitimate contender for a Super Bowl, I, I think is crazy. Uh, they're, they're not even, I get that they've won a few games in a row. They're not even in the same league as a team like Pittsburgh or Kansas City. It, I, I don't even think it's close. But the decision to go to Tua when you did signaled to me, hey, we feel like this adds a different dynamic to our team and we're going to make the move now. And then he gets in a little bit of trouble and you pull him. I just, I don't know who learns from that. If Brian Flores in his third or fourth game as an NFL head coach was struggling and all of a sudden ownership said, all right, offensive coordinator, you take over for this game. Brian, you'll get it next week. I mean, we're looking at him going, hold on a second. This is the guy you chose. You turn to him. Some of this stuff is going to happen, and I don't care how good the quarterback is. Every quarterback has found themselves in this spot, and I just think you learn more from going through it than you do standing on the sidelines being, in a way, punished for it. Now, one of the theories that was thrown out there, and this is – I'm just saying this is a, a theory. There's been a couple. Well, maybe he was more injured than what they thought. The other one was Tua made a comment earlier in the week of, yeah, you know, I didn't expect it to be this easy. You know, I didn't expect it to be uh, to be this this easy, and, and not saying that it that it's uh, completely easy, but uh, you know, I thought it would be a little harder. Maybe Brian Flores was sending that message, and if he's sending that message, I get it. Like I'm on board with that. But if this is just a game by game situation, and you didn't like him in that spot, and you pull him this early in, into his career, I'm not a fan at all. See, this is people will compare it to a to Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. And I think that they're completely different situations for a lot of reasons. Number one, when you just look at the offensive firepower with the Chargers, with the Bengals, and I know people, the Bengals have guys on offense. They may not have at the skill positions. They may not have anything else on that team. Yeah. But they do have guys at those positions. Agreed. Those are also two-win, three-win football teams. Where now, and you know, Joe Burrow unfortunately can't because he's done for the season, but you can throw the football all around the lot as much as you want because who cares? You're just trying to you're trying to get some of that rust off. Where I think that the Dolphins do have something to play for. And I just don't think where the Dolphins are as an organization, if there are enough questions about Tua in the first place, that they need to handle him with kid gloves and sacrifice a possible chance. And yeah, you're right. They're not going to compete with the Chiefs. They're not going to compete with the Steelers. But to try to make it to the playoffs, to try to have that opportunity to do so, I think is what is drawn them in and to me that's worth it than trying to figure out and put all these caveats in to make sure that Tua has the ideal situation because honestly the ideal situation is not in 2020 a kid coming off of hip surgery with no preseason no real training camp and now is handed over the starting job that is not ideal so I just look at the Dolphins as a team of things changed for the last couple of weeks they became a team of all right let's look at the 2021 we've got all these draft picks we're going to set it up to 
holy smokes, the rest of the conference isn't that good. We're actually in the thick of things here. We got another game against the Jets coming up. Let's let's try to make a, a pull for it or a push for it. And that's where I just I can't fault them for trying to do it, especially for a team that's had you know so little success over the past few years. I just don't know any walk of life or business where that would work, where, where that would be a benefit. I, I think that I think Tua is a worse quarterback now because of the benching than he would have been had he continued on with that game and they got slaughtered. Because at least he's got something that he can draw from. Okay, I, you know, I, I, the game wasn't good, but I learned something from it. He didn't learn anything. All he learned was, hey, man, there's a quick hook here. Uh, if you make a couple of bad plays or if you make a bad read here, Brian Fitzpatrick standing on the sideline. I just don't know how that helps him. I, I really don't. And I don't know in what walk of life that would help him. And if it's about, well, we were just trying to win a game there. Okay, I understand. So it's not like two is trying to lose the game, but at least if you can if you can draw some sort of a win from that game, it's your quarterback got better because he went through the experience, and now he didn't get any of that. So to me, it's almost a double loss for Miami in that in that regard. I just think if if two is that fragile, that he's not your guy. Yeah, I, I, I mean. But I don't. I don't think it's about being fragile. I just think it's about understanding there's going to be growing pains in, in anything. And so if you struggle, and all of a sudden you get pulled from a game, now you're looking around going, "Well, is this how it's done?" I, I just I don't know how that that makes him fragile. I just think that would be a concern for me. I would look at it and go, "What what are we doing here?" Who do you think sense. is the better quarterback between Fitzpatrick and Tua right now? Right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And and that's what I think that a lot of people felt even when they made the switch at, at the time of week seven. Again, their bye wasn't supposed to be until like week ten or eleven until all of the schedule changes, which then at the time was then you knew that the the edict from the front office was during the bye week two is going to take over the starting job like that's what it was, that was what it was from week one and yeah. that's why Fitzpatrick was so surprised when he found out about it but also from week one you just looked at your team and you thought all right we're probably not going to be in it Patriots and Bills battling for the division you've got these other teams we'll just plan ahead and I just I just can't fault them for going with the guy when they're in the thick of the playoffs right now it's to me that is that is actually more important to me than weighing to find out if Tua is the guy or Tua isn't the guy. And I, and I would also add this. You know, John Middlecoff brought up the name of Baker Mayfield. This isn't like seven or eight years ago where there are no quarterbacks that are available. It's it's. I don't think it is. I think that there are a lot of teams that have questions about whether their guy is a quarterback. Look at look at how much Nick Foles has moved in the last three years, and he won a Super Bowl. Is he still you in know? the league? Right. I mean, just the point being of. You having to have to have a quarterback in place, I don't think that's the NFL anymore. We don't know if Sam Darnold's going to be back with the Jets. We don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to have his option picked up uh, you know, by Cleveland. Like there's, there's all of these questions going around, and the point is, is I think that there's quarterbacks out there. So even if Tua isn't the guy... It's not like you need to find out now so you can draft someone else. You can you can navigate and make your decision however you want it, but it's not like if you don't have Tua work out or draft a quarterback next year that you're done for the next 15 years. So that's why I say like it's okay right now to go for it because you know what? If, if Tua is or isn't the guy, it's not like you're going to be set back 10 years. Like maybe you, 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 you know – Heck, what was it, like five or six years ago, we were wondering if Ryan Fitzpatrick was the gem of free agency, 
right? I don't think yeah. that's the NFL nowadays, and that's why I think the Dolphins can afford to kind of play a bit of a musical chairs and not necessarily commit to Tua. Just win right now. They're in the, they're in the hunt. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's check in with a friend of the program, eight-year NFL vet. Uh, heck, you can hear him on Outkick the Coverage, filling in for Clay Travis. Jeff Schwartz joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Happy Thanksgiving, Jeff. How are you? I am good. hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Okay, let, let's uh, let, let's get to the bottom of this. You sent this out on Twitter a, a week or two ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Any any movement on broadcasting teams getting linemen in the booth to explain what's going on on offensive and defensive <laughs> lines? Yeah, do you, do you have a connection with with with, uh, with, with any network to get me hired for that job? I'll, I'll tell you what, do, it's better than do? a kicking expert. I'll, I'll say that much. It's better than having a yeah, kicking exactly. expert. Yeah, the kicking expert. And look, I'm, Jason got the job. I, I do not. I do not hate his his hustle. But you know, when he's like, "Well, that kick went left because it was windy," I kind of feel like <laughs> Jimmy Ellis can do that, right? Like, I, I kind of feel like that's not something that you really need to have an expert to tell you what's happening. What is what is the biggest mistake that you hear, and and maybe and not even for broadcast, Jeff, but from from crappy here on Twitter? What do people just not get about uh, offensive lines in the National Football League or even in college football? Um, a couple things that, that come to mind. One is obviously holding, right? No one has any idea what holding is. That that's like hard to explain, right? Because. It, it's objective, and I mean, there's rules, right? It's, there's holding rules, and there's a rule book, but you know, every referee sees it differently and whatnot. But it's more about pass protection and assignments, right? Everyone thinks that we have to block everyone that that blitzes or that you know the running back's not involved or the quarterback, right? The quarterback is not IDing the right front or he's not staying in the pocket, not helping us out. So I think it's more that like I think an offensive line person would be helpful and. Not really saying like, oh, the referee got it wrong because no telecast wants a guy coming on just continually saying that their officiating is not good, but more just to help about protections. And a lot of times I'm watching games and I'm like, you blamed the offensive line, but here's why it's the running back's fault, or here's why the quarterback didn't you know, didn't do his job here. And so um, I think it'd be a fun addition to you know two times a game maybe you know hop in and kind of explain what's happening up front. Uh, Jeff, when you see a quarterback scramble and instead of throwing the ball out of bounds, he runs out of bounds one yard one yard behind the line of scrimmage and it goes as a sack against you guys, how does that make you feel? Ian Book did that like five minutes ago for Notre Dame and I got so angry. <laughs> like that and this is why look, this is why I think it's important to have people like like pro football focus to kind of help out. Look, are their grades perfect? No, they're not perfect. But but they at least watch the games and they, they attribute the sacks to the right person, right? So, you know, the total sacks, you, you know, you might have, you know, 20 sacks given up this season, but they might give, you know, two to the running back, one to the tight end, three to the quarterback. And so it allows a, a better picture of what's happening because if you just go to like Stats Inc. and you look up sacks, well, it's just a total of sacks. And again, they're not all in the offensive line. Uh, we have rules and assignments. People don't think that we have those, which is really surprising to me. But, um, again, I just think it would add something to the broadcast. If you're going to have uh, a kicking expert, if you're going to have you know, Tony Romo breaking down you know, the route concepts and whatnot, I just think that adding a way to make football fans smarter in a quick, a quick way, right? So I'm not going to spend eight minutes on Telestrator, but you know, there's times where, where I think it would be appropriate to, to have someone doing that. 
Jeff Schwartz joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, eight-year NFL vet, also the host of the Jeff Schwartz's Smarter Than You podcast. Jonas and I were just talking about the situation in Miami. If you're Brian Flores, who is your quarterback against the Jets and the rest of the season? Yeah, this is really interesting because, you know, it's – so the, the team doesn't have to win this year, right? If you look at If you look at their draft picks they have next season – or this upcoming draft, I should say, like they're set for a long time, right? They have their quarterback now. Now they just can add pieces, you know, to to the puzzle, add pieces to the pie. Um, it's really easy just to continue to build. And so you look at you look at this specific season, right? And so Tua came in, and the first three games they won weren't because of him. Everyone got so excited for for that, but they scored essentially five times on offense, excuse me, on defense, special teams. His first three games—that's not normal, right? I mean, a team might score once or twice a year on defense. And this is five times in three games. And uh, and so it was never sustainable. So now they're playing the Broncos. And the front office is probably like, just keep two in the game. Why not? Like, he's, it's, a year, it's, a, it's a year for growth. If he's not playing well, he can play his way through it. But Brian Flores is a coach, and coaches try to win on Sundays. They want to win games. They don't care about the future. They're trying to win now. And he thought Fitz could help him in that game, come back, and win the game, and I agree with him. Tua wasn't playing terribly well. It wasn't bad, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is known for making those comebacks, and he almost it almost worked, right? He drove him down into the red zone before he threw a pick to tie the game. And so I think that the, the starters too are moving forward. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happened again. That he's not playing well and just try to put Fitz in to win, to win football games. Fourth wants to make the playoffs. He's not worried about next year. Uh, Jeff Schwartz joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jeff, uh, the situation between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, um, do you feel like somebody's getting the shaft in this situation, the fact that the game has now been moved to Tuesday, the hope is it's going to be played on Tuesday, and if you were the NFL and it was your choice, how would you handle this situation? Yeah, I mean, the Steelers are definitely in the short end here, right? I mean, they had a situation where they, you know, they, they had their bye week got moved early in the season. So instead of having the week off of practice early in the season, they were practicing that week, right? Because they thought they were going to play. And then their game got canceled and they got a weekend off and they went back to practice on Monday and got ready for their next opponent. Um, and this week they had a Thursday game and would have had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and reports are Tomlin was given a Monday, Tuesday off. Had a five-day break. That would have been great, right? That would have been great for their older team, for Big Ben, for everyone just to rest to, to, down the stretch. Now they don't get that, and then they have to play a short week the following week, right? They have to play Tuesday, and then they have to play Sunday. So this is twice now they've had to move games for Baltimore. And I get where the NFL is trying to get the game in, right? Because obviously you want to play the games on time. You don't want to have to a week 18 for just one single game, which would be odd. And this is a vision game. It's important for, for the playoff seating in the North. Uh, it's easy to say that the Ravens have to forfeit. I get that. Um, but the players don't get paid this year if they miss a game. And this is unprecedented, right? Our contracts do not say – that we get paid per game, right? We, we just get it's it's baked in the contract of sixteen games. It's never been a situation we haven't had sixteen regular season games. We don't get paid, you know, per se for the game itself. And for Pittsburgh to practice for two weeks and not get paid for any of it would be pretty bad feeling. And you know, what if you're a Ravens player and you didn't get COVID, right? You you weren't the one out in public, or you weren't the one that brought in the facility. And maybe it was an accident that it came in the facility, but. How would you feel if you practiced too and didn't, didn't get paid because someone else made a mistake? And, and so I, I guess that's why they're playing the game, right? Is I think they just want everyone to get their money, get paid. And the players at the end, 
We'll play whenever they tell them they're going to play. Jeff Schwartz joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug. Of the uh, seven win teams in the NFC, Rams, Packers, Seahawks, and Buccaneers, who do you have most confidence in in doing damage once the playoffs come around? Rams, Packers, Seahawks, Bucks. Um, well, look, I think that if, if the defenses for Seattle and Green Bay can improve, and we've seen the Chiefs defense last year improve drastically over the last month of the mm-hmm. season into the playoffs. If either, one, if either one of those defenses can improve, then I would, I'd go to those guys. I'd go to, to Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson first. You know, I think Jared Goff is still limited in what he can do. If they get behind in games, they don't really trust him to come back. And here's the thing about Tampa is they're kind of in the same boat as, as, as my opinion, as the Green Bay and, um, and Seattle, but they need their whole team to play up to, to what they can do, right? They're right sure. now just so disjointed on offense that it's really it's, it's difficult to see them putting it all together. But if they did, I think they'd be the favorite in the NFC, but we haven't seen them do it. This is not the best weekend for them to, for, you know, for, for, for them to kind of come together. I mean, it'd be great if they would. It'd be a much better game. But the Chiefs present a lot of issues. You, know, you have to keep up points-wise, um, and it's hard to do that. Jeff, last one for me, from an expert's eye, because you played offensive line in the NFL for a long time, best and worst offensive line in the league belongs to who? Well, the, the Bengals is the worst. I don't know if it's even a question. Um, and they, they got, poor, they got poor, uh, poor Burrow killed out there. Um, the best offensive line, um, the Saints is – I, I am a big fan of doing tiers with offensive lines. I think it's really hard to do best. Uh, the Saints are really good. The Colts are good. The Bucks actually have a really good offensive line. Uh, I know sometimes it doesn't look that way. Their offense is so disjointed. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Colts, uh, Colts are good. Uh, Saints, uh, Bucks, trying to other – Offensive lines around the NFL that are playing well. I'm sure I missed one, and people will yell at me. Um, that's probably yeah, that's about right. I think those three are the I would put in the top tier. But it, it's and and the reason I asked the question is because it's never well. They've got a really good offensive line, but they're a bad team. Like it just feels Correct. like like every team that is looking at making a playoff run seems like they have some at least a quality enough offensive line to to be a good football team it 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 never goes in reverse to where well you know the offensive line is the strength of the team other than that they're just crap it just feels like we know this yet for whatever reason it it still feels like organizations go in different directions yeah but it's also coaching you know like for example take take the Bengals they drafted a first round center a first round left tackle and uh, they've drafted other pieces as well, brought in guys at free agency, and they're just not coached very well. Like, they're not coached up very well. So it's not just about bringing in offensive linemen. It's also being able to coach them, teach them, integrate your scheme around what they do. You know, the Rams, for example, do a great job of, of, of running an offense that fits their scheme. So do the 49ers. Um, and I think a lot of coaches just don't do that quite yet. Um, they're stubborn about it. And if you want to be good in the NFL, you have to match up. You know, you, you should draft linemen and pick them up that fit your scheme anyways. I think that that's not done enough. I don't think people uh, – uh, you know, I, I'm a great example, for example. When I went to the Giants, we were switching to a new offense with Ben McAdoo. I am not a fit for that offense at all. I'm a big giant guard who wants to run block and, and kind of uh, firm pass protect and get after things and be in a three-point stance and – I'm in an offense in a two-point stance. It's pass all the time. It's running from shotgun that doesn't really run the ball physically. Like, 
I, I was not made for that offense, but they took me anyways. And I mean, it just it, it, so like there's those things are important to look at when evaluating that position. I feel like that position still is is not quite valued or really not looked at the same way as as you know other positions. He's Jeff Schwartz. That's where you can find him on Twitter. You can also hear him at times filling in for Clay Travis here on Fox Sports Radio and Outkick the Coverage. Eight-year NFL vet taking time for us on this Friday. Enjoy whatever they're going to call Oregon, Oregon State now. Uh, we'll just call it the Civil War. Enjoy it, I'm going to call it. I, 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 by the way, we have named it um, the the game uh, formally called the Civil War. So <laughs> okay, I very can, good. I can say it. I can. It's a Pac-12 radio employee. I can talk about the game that way. <laughs> Go the Prince route. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, guys. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I usually come on here and we get together, I always like to complain. I don't know if it's therapy. I don't know if it's the way that I am. It's fun. Yeah, that, that, and it's much easier to complain than try yes. to uh, talk about the positive stuff. Yeah, but I, it's boring. I, I actually think that I'm turning a bit of a of a new leaf because it's not that I'm not going to complain because I think it's absurd that the NFL would want to expand the playoffs even more. But I also understand that I'm not necessarily right. And we just had Pat Forty on the last hour, and I asked him about the college football playoff and why the committee decided to not expand it. And I actually look at it and I say, good, because I usually I don't think that there are eight good good enough teams in college football to be put in the playoff. I, I would rather I would have rather have three schools be left out of the playoff than to have one school be allowed in that didn't deserve to be there. That's just the way the way that I am. But Jonas when I look at the NFL playoffs, I'm not, I don't even like the expansion to seven. I, I'm not, I understand the benefits of it and I actually think it's going to work out better for the NFL because now the top teams are more likely to battle for the top seed and not have a situation where you automatically have a team locked into the number one seed like you had Baltimore last year. And I know the Patriots lost their home field advantage in the last week because they lost to the Dolphins and the Chiefs ended up winning, but sometimes you could have teams mail it in because there was nothing to play for. I'm still not a fan of it, and I'm not a fan of letting a lesser team in, but I will say I wasn't a fan of the, what the NBA did uh, in the bubble with the play-in tournament. I wasn't a fan of Major League Baseball expanding their field to 16 for this season, but they turned out to be entertaining. Like the Portland-Memphis game was entertaining. It was entertaining to see those teams jockeying for that spot to get in there. In baseball, it was entertaining to see the teams yeah. try to come back maybe from a 1-0 deficit. All of those expansions, like I'm the, the new leaf I'm turning over is I'm ready to admit and I'm willing to admit that those ideas were better than I thought they would be. And I don't know if the NFL would be in that situation. I'm not a fan, but considering how well it's worked out in the other ones, I could be wrong in this in this situation. It's, it's the same thing with the extra point being moved back. I hated it. 
I absolutely hate it. I thought it was dumb. It sounded like a gimmick. Why are we doing this? Well, you know, it's because the play's too automatic. Okay, God forbid, uh, you know, uh, some teams are allowed to score a point and not have to stress out about it. And then a year in, I thought, this is awesome. Because now it's made that play a, a can't miss. You don't just walk away assuming that the extra point's going to be made. There are, are great kickers all the time. I mean, look, uh, um, uh, Adam Vinatieri, borderline ready to retire because he couldn't make extra points, and it got into his head. And all it is is a 33-yard field goal, but it yeah. got into his head. And so it became a play that you had to watch. And so I, I acknowledged on the air I was wrong. I love it. And so I, I understand that aspect of it. This is why I'm all for the NFL expanding the postseason. And, yeah, I'm not into, okay, reward bad teams. You know, get a bunch of bad teams in. But I do think that this year is the year where you try stuff out, that you've got a built-in excuse to try stuff out. Baseball expanded. I loved it. Um, the NBA, as you pointed out, expanded. I loved it. It's it, the the first uh, – what was the, uh, the, the play along? I know the match is going on now, but I loved – and you and I talked about it. The one that they had, uh, was it uh, Peyton and Tom Brady uh, and Tiger and Phil? I yeah, loved that first Because it was like, try some new stuff. Try this out. See, see, if, see if this is something that you pull from and go, you know, I kind of like the idea of this. And, and some of it's not going to work. I don't like the runner on second base and extra innings for baseball. But at least try some things out, and you never know. This is your built-in excuse. If you were going on a road trip, and you come up to some town, and they're like, hey, listen, all we've got, you don't have many options, all we've got is Buffalo Wild Wings. Is that going to be good for you? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't planning on eating Buffalo Wild Wings, but since we're here, why not? And I just, I look at it that way. If we're here and you have the opportunity to expand this, try it out and see if it works. You never know. Well, the the thing that I think we all get worried about when we talk about playoffs is that the sport is going to turn into college basketball, where it only matters in March. And, the, and, and I think there are a lot of different reasons why college basketball isn't as popular nationally. I do think that the tournament being, you know, the end-all, be-all is one of them, but not the only reason. But I think that is a reason that we, we sometimes fret about it. Like, as a college football fan, knowing that a team would have a safety net if there was a field of, you know, the top 16, you know, Ohio State ends up playing Illinois tomorrow. That game is still on. And then they've got Michigan State and, and Michigan. And then you get to the Big Ten title game, you'd be like, okay, well, who cares how they would fare against Northwestern because yeah. they'd be in that in that field. That's, that's the one thing that, to me, is is what I think holds people like me back is because they don't want the regular season to be worthless. And I don't think I, I'm starting to really think that that is not the case in the NFL because we're in the midst of it right now. And we're looking at all these different races and how all these different things change that maybe that this could be this could end up being a positive. Do you know how awesome wildcard weekend in the NFL is going to be? Has anybody like actually taken a step back and we're going to get a triple header two days in a row? Mm-hmm. NFL playoff games, three in a row in back-to-back days. That's awesome. 
how how would how would people just not want that? And if they expand, you know, and add a couple of teams or, or whatever they decide to do, then 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 we can have that discussion. And I'm all for it. Uh, the college football playoff, and you mentioned the college football playoff earlier. I don't like the idea of eight teams getting in because then I do think that impacts college football differently than it would the NFL. Just like it impacts college basketball. I loved college basketball growing up. I would whether what was it Super Tuesday was the college basketball game growing yep. up. It was Super big Tuesday. Monday. Yeah, big Monday. I used to watch that stuff all the time. But as it became very apparent that look, man, it's all about the NCAA tournament and it's all about the conference tournament. Then I became less and less interested in college basketball, regular season-wise, the older I got. I think that could have an impact on college football, which is why I'm not big on them expanding past four teams. Uh, One scenario that was thrown out, six teams. uh, Teams one and two get a bye, and then you have a playoff for those other four teams. I would be okay with that, but to expand to eight or 16 is a bit too much for me. In the NFL, man... I, I just think we're at a point, Dan, where why not why not kick the tires on some of this stuff? Why not why not see if maybe yeah. this works? Like like you you never know until you try it, and I think this is an opportunity to do so. What I will also say, just on your college football thing, the scary thing about expansion, and I've always I've been a six school guy because I think it works better with the conferences, works better with the group of five if you wanted to. There's just a lot more flexibility. The worry that I have is it's not going to benefit a school like Cincinnati and it's not going to benefit uh, a school like BYU or Coastal Carolina who it would benefit is a two-loss Alabama team. Yeah. You know, or a two loss Clemson yeah. team. Like, that's the worry like that I have with college football. The good thing about the NFL is there's nobody sitting in a room deciding who is better. They just look, sit down, you look at the schedule or look at the standings, and then you've got that figured out. I will also say what benefits the NFL and what is usually going on in this network at this time is, and you mentioned it earlier, gambling, fantasy football. While everybody oh, yeah. does have their teams, they also have those other interests, which carries you along, and then the playoffs are, are just what they are. So the regular season with those things involved will always have value and have importance to people. Maybe it's not as much of a diehard sort of game if you're the Steelers and you've wrapped things up and you have a couple of weeks off. Maybe for the Steeler fans, it's not a big deal, but for everybody else, it would be. Do you even notice that there's not fans at most of these games? No. Do you notice? Yeah, I don't either. Honestly. And and I was this was always what I was so curious about. All right. We got used to it with the bubble, and the, and the presentation and the setup by the NBA was as good as they possibly could have done. But I always wondered, all right, football, how's this going to look? And it really, I'm just used to it now. It's not even, I don't even, it's it's the background, I don't even, I'm not even acknowledging it for the most part. And maybe they're just getting better with their camera angles and, and the close-up shots that they're taking. But I just, I look at it and I go, hey man, I'm all good with this. And, and if they want to expand it and we get more football, even if it's in empty stadiums, I'm fine with it. No issues whatsoever. For yeah, me. I'm game for the viewer at home. I don't think it makes one iota. Even the fake crowd knows you even got to know it's fake. You know, yeah. but it doesn't doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily matter. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. 
I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 